Hallelujah. Well, by the grace of God, um, today is a Tuesday and we are blessed to be in his presence. I believe that God has a word that um, is resonating through this season. And I'm excited to be one of the people that God has given this word to. Um, it is a difficult word to preach, especially if you are the pastor. It is a difficult word to preach, especially if you are the pastor preaching about it. But God spoke to me that I should speak it, and so I'll speak it. Amen. Um, in spite of the fact that it is difficult, it is also one of the channels that you can be blessed. Amen. It's one of the channels through which you can be blessed and will be blessed. So if we keep you in ignorance, we are keeping you out of your blessing. Amen. So for about three weeks or probably four weeks now, I, I have launched into a series called Draw. 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 D-R-A-W. Draw. That's the name or the title of the series. And under this, this series, I've been preaching various messages. After draw, under draw, I started with the mystery of the gift. And then I came to the mystery of the grace. And the mystery of the grace, I think we did about three messages. And um, for the next two or three weeks, um, that is if I decide to cut it short, for the next two or three weeks, I'll be talking about the mystery of the flow. Say the flow. Say the flow. The mystery of the flow. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word is full of mysteries. And life is full of mysteries. And things that we go through are full of mysteries. The human life is full of mysteries. The human body is full of mysteries. It's not everything we understand. It's not everything we know. But you have given your spirit that teaches us into some of these mysteries. And Father, we tap into the spirit tonight. And we pray that your spirit will lead us into some of these mysteries that would open us into your glory. That would open us into your honor. That would expose us to your blessing. Father, cause your flow of the grace to come upon us because of this message and because of the unraveling of this mystery. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16a. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16a. The A part. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16a. It talks about the fact that unequivocally, vocably, the word of God or, 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 or the, the, let me put it, and without controversy, without any equivocation, great is the mystery of godliness. So the thing that we are doing, even godliness itself, is a great mystery. Amen? So it is, it is the spirit of the Lord that reveals godliness to us, that leads us into some of these mysteries. And without control, it means that without any confusion, without any discussion, 
without any um, um, disagreement, without any misunderstanding. Great is the mystery of godliness. So anybody who says, as for me, I understand godliness to a fault. I, am, I, am, I understand godliness. No, 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 no. You don't understand godliness. It is the spirit that would expose you to godliness so that you understand it. Because if you continue, it says that God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. What does it mean? It's a mystery. <laughs> Unless the spirit leads you into it. So what I want you to understand is that this, all these things that we are doing is mystical. It's mysterious. You need the spirit of the living God to help you, to lead you into it. And some of the things that we are dealing with are some of these mysteries that I believe that the spirit of the Lord is leading us. And so just relax and flow with the spirit and get what the Lord has for us. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, 11, and 7. Those are our verses that we have been standing on to preach this series. Ephesians 4, 8. I start from 8. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And then we understood that some of these gifts are the pastors. So now this he ascended, what does it mean? I said 8, 11, and 7. So 8, 11. And he himself gives some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. So go back to 8. Go back to 8. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Jump to 11. So he gave gifts to men. And then he himself gave some. So, so he's now talking about the gifts that he gave to men. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So these five-fold gifts are the gifts that we, we learned about in verse 8, that he gave gifts to men. Are you understanding me? Then now go to verse 7. What is the use of the gift? But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So according to the measure of the gift that you received, grace is given. So if you receive a little of the gift, a little grace is given. If you receive big of the gift, big grace is given. If you receive minute portion of the gift, minute portion of grace is given. The gift we have already understood that it is the fivefold ministry. And in this particular, um, um, what's it called? In this particular context, the gift we are talking about is your pastor. So your pastor is a gift that Jesus himself gave when he ascended. So when he was ascending, he said that I, there's something I must give to my people. I must give them something that will help them. I want to give them a gift. I want to give them Give them somebody that if I am not there, he can be there for them. I want to give them a gift. So he said that which gift will be good for them? Okay, let me look inside my gift box, my treasure box. Okay, I'll give them one, a pastor. It's a gift. I'll give them, I'll give them an apostle. It's a gift. I'll give them a prophet. It's a gift. I'll give them a teacher. It's a gift. I'll give them an evangelist. It's a gift. So I'm giving them five different gifts. So... These gifts were released. And then the Bible is saying that the amount of the gift
into an area where I'll be talking to you about the mystery of the flow. The mystery of the flow is in two parts. The first understanding or explanation of the flow is how we, as people of God, as church members, as the sheep of his pasture, how we relate with the gift, how we flow with the gift, how we are to flow with the gift, how we are to contact the gift, how we are to have intercourse with the gift, how we are supposed to relate with the gift. So that is the first flow. And then the second explanation of the flow is how, the, 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 how our flow with the gift will turn on the flow of grace from the gift into our lives. Are you understanding? So we are talking about flow, flow as in you flowing with the gift, and then flow as in grace being turned on from the gift to flow into your life. And then thirdly, grace, that same grace now flowing through your life. But it all comes from one thing, how you flow, how you flow. So I want to take my time, and I need you to take your time as well with me, and then I will take you through how to flow, how to flow with the gift and flow to receive the grace. Are you here? Are you understanding me so far? So after establishing all these ground rules and all these instructions and all this information, um, I want us to start from this point. That um, 2 Chronicles 2020. 2 Chronicles 2020. The reason why I'm going through all of this is because, like I said earlier, this kind of message, it is one of the most difficult messages that you can preach. It is very difficult, especially if you are the pastor of that church and preaching that message because people will begin to think that pastor wants us to fear him. He wants us to respect him. He wants us to adore and honor him. He wants us to bow down to him. That is why he is preaching this message. By the grace of God, this pastor that is standing here, this is not the only place he gets respected. Are you with me? If I was a pastor who lacked respect in other places, then when I preach such a message to you, you must think that pastor is not being respected in the world, so he needs respect, so he's preaching this message that I respect him. No, I have a lot of respect in a lot of other places apart from the church. So if even in this place, I don't get it, it doesn't worry me. The reason why I'm preaching this message is for your own good. It's for your own good. Because it's not everybody, it's not everybody who is going to be here forever. You will travel. You will leave the country. You will start your branches. You will marry and go somewhere else. You will deliver children and then you will be away from here. Some of you will relocate from this country to another country. Some, some of you will go to school outside the country. You, you, you know there, were, there are many things that will take you out of this country. Wherever you go, you will find yourself in a church. It is very likely that you will find yourself in a Rohi church or you will start a Rohi church or you find yourself in a sister church. The message I'm preaching is for you to be blessed under any ministry that you enter. So that wherever you pass, the flow of grace will be upon you. Amen. So the Bible says, so they rose, you may take your seat, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah. And this is what I'm telling you, hear me, O Rohi. Hear me, O Rohi. 
and you inhabitants of this area, believe in the Lord your God. Nobody says don't believe in the Lord your God. Believe in the Lord your God. Because I believe in the Lord my God. I believe in God. Without him, I will not be talking. Without him, I will not be doing any of the things that I'm doing now. Believe in the Lord your God. Believe in the Lord your God. In fact, believe, you, in fact this, this verse can end here. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in the Lord your God and it shall be established. And many people have ended it there. And that's the reason why I want to talk about this subject. Because many people have erroneously, mistakenly ended it there. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. I am established so it's okay. I am fine, it's okay. I am a Christian and I believe in God. And I pray in tongues and things are okay for me. That is it. But he goes on to say, believe his prophets. The believe his prophets, the, the word believe his prophets is not just have faith in his prophet. Believe in his prophet has so many dimensions and those are the dimensions I want to lead you into. Those are some of the mysteries that I want to reveal to you. What it means to believe in his prophet. What it means to flow with his prophet. What it means, what it means to relate with his prophet. How do you relate with this prophet so that this prosperity or this grace will be released. Do you want to know? You realize from this verse that it's not only God that's in the equation. His prophet is also in, is in the equation. His prophet is, is in the equation. If you take out the prophet, you'll be established. But prosperity and many people have decided that as for my pastor and it's not this church, this church they love their pastor as for my pastor I don't believe him at all I don't trust him at all I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't I don't like, somebody came to this church one day and said that, me I don't believe in pastors don't believe in pastors, so what are you, what are you doing here <laughs> if you don't believe in pastors then you have come to the wrong place because we are all pastors here. I don't believe in pastors because one or two pastors have done A, B, and C to me and so I don't believe in pastors. I said you. Even minus A, I won't do. For it to become A, then we jump to B. The way is your front if you want to go. But as far as I'm concerned, till you believe in a man of God, it will be difficult for you to fulfill this particular passage, this particular passage of scripture. So number one, what do we do? Guys, decide not to miss any of these meetings. Number one, and tell the people who didn't come and who are late that they should try and be here early. Number one, accept that God brought you to your pastor. Accept it. Accept it. It is something that you don't argue with. Accept that you did not just get up, I'm looking for a church. I'm looking for a church. I'm looking for a church. And then you entered this place. How come you bypassed five churches? You didn't go to any of them. Some were even nicer than this one. You bypassed all of them and came here. Understand the first thing. Accept it. That God brought you to your pastor. Or God took you to that pastor. Whichever pastor you are following or whichever pastor you sit under, understand and accept that God brought you. It's God who took you to him. God took you to him. 
People don't go to churches. They go to shepherds. So you didn't go looking for a church. You went looking for a shepherd. There was a time that, there was a time that I wasn't in a church because I had moved and I'm looking for a place where I can settle for a few weeks or a few months as I do the next thing that God had called me to do. I was not looking for a church. I was looking for a person. I was not looking for, because there were nice buildings. There were nice buildings. There were nice people. There were nice this. There was nice. But that was not what I was looking for. Your struggle, your struggle to find a shepherd is more difficult than the struggle to find a church building. So God didn't lead you. You, you. you didn't lead yourself. God brought you. So it is one of the first things that you must accept. That I was brought to a pastor. I didn't just get up one day and decided that. Ah, do you know the number of people who have driven on the motorway and have seen that board, board that you saw? That when you saw the board, you said, you said ah, this the, I, want, I, I want to go and look for him. There are so many people who have bypassed billboards and signboards and it, it, never, it never called them. Why did it call you? Why did it invite you? So understand and accept it. That you were brought by God. You were brought to the pastor. God was the one who introduced you to the pastor. You did not carry yourself. You did not walk into the place yourself. I did not sleep and wake up one morning and decide that, you know, hmm. If I go to this church, I'll be very happy. I, I think that the building is nice and this. No, 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 no. Maybe it had gone through your mind, but even that, it was God that put it there. It's God that put it there. So accept that God brought you to your pastor. Whoever your pastor is, accept it that God brought you to the pastor. God brought you to the God was looking for a shepherd for his sheep and he looked around and said that the way this sheep can misbehave, it is this shepherd that can take care of him. The way this sheep is calm, it is this shepherd that can take care of him. The way this sheep is crazy, it is this shepherd that can take care of him. The way David operates, it is Saul that must train him. The way Elijah is, it is only Elijah that must bring him up. The way, the way, um, what's his name, Joshua is, it is only Moses that must bring him up. And it is Moses that must lay hands on him. There were, I am sure there were a lot of other leaders and a lot of other, a lot of shepherds around. But God said, it is this one that you are going to. It is this one that you are going to. Just as it is now, there are so many pastors around and so many churches. But God looked through and said that it is this shepherd I want you to go to. And so, I am going to turn your desire to go after this shepherd. So, it is one thing that we must accept without any confusion, without any argument, without any discussion. This man, I was brought to him by God. I was brought to him by God. So, if I am going to get angry with anybody, he's not the one I should be angry with. I should be angry with God because he brought me. And when I need a transfer, I am not talking to him. I must talk to God to talk to him that, hey, my time is up and I need to move. And most times, when your time is up and you are under the right shepherd, he will tell you. He will tell you. I have told people before. I have told people before that I feel that your time is up and you must leave. 
And, and, and one of the people I told said that, no, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not even entered my heart. He said, don't, don't, he said, don't disconnect me now. It is not, it's not even in my heart. Are you in the church? So accept it. John chapter 10 verse 16. Let's, let's go into scripture. John 10, 16. I said this thing, I, I would take my time. I could easily preach the whole year on this thing. John 10, 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Then also I must bring. Do you understand? Them also who? He must bring. So even... Why is it that? Why is it that? Pastor Prosper, why is it that you went to you went to evangelize to three people and only one came? Why did you talk to three people and only one came? It was another sheep which I have, which is not in this fold. That one I will bring. The other two, they are not supposed to be here. They are supposed to go to Osono or they are supposed to go to another church. And so when God brings you to a church, understand that you were brought by God. You didn't wake up yourself, finish eating your banku, and walked in by yourself. If it was just a church building you were looking for, why did you bypass all the seven? It was a shepherd that God had ordained for you. It was a pastor God had ordained for you. So accept that God brought you to your pastor. Go to chapter 6, verse 65. Let me show you something. The same John. 665. John 665. Are you following me? Mm -hmm. And he said, therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me. No one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. So you, you, you don't just get up and say, you know, I, I came to the church myself and I'm leaving myself. It be me bring myself, myself where they go. You have just immediately started kicking against the blessing that God has blessed you, the place that God has put you and planted you, that this is where I am going to nurture you. This is where I'm going to nourish you. This is where I'm going to make sure that you become fat. You have just suddenly, out of your pride, out of deception, out of anger, out of listening to the voice of the devil, you have just carried your back, carried yourself, and walked out of your blessing. And then when you walk out, now you are calling upon God that you know, you know this thing is not going well. You know this thing is not happening for me. Why is this thing not working? Why is that thing not working? And then you begin to say that, eh, when you leave the church, the pastor cursed you. The pastor didn't curse you. The pastor didn't curse you. You just kicked against your blessing. You just carried your bag and yourself and walked out of the place that God planted you. You did not allow the blessing. You actually walked away from the blessing. And when you walk away from the blessing, you get something in replacement that is not called a blessing. Therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. So no one just gets up and goes to a church. 
No one just gets up. No one just, that's the reason why, that's the reason why Pastor Prosper, we spend time praying that Father bring your people. Father cause people to come. Father draw them in. Father bring them to come. Bring them to come. Because it is not a man that makes somebody go to church. It is God. If my father does not place it in your heart, you will never move. Your father God must place it in your heart in the night, in the morning, in the afternoon, before you get up and say that, you know what, I feel I should be in church. I feel I must go to the Rohi church. I feel I must go to Lighthouse. I feel I must go to ICGC. I feel I must go to Fountain Gate. I feel I must go to this church or that church. It is he. It is he who places it inside you. It's not something that you just get up and decide. That maybe me share my life as that's why when I'm there. No, 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 no. So don't make that mistake. I'm carrying myself out. Isaiah 56, 8. Isaiah 56, 8. Am I preaching crap? Isaiah 56, 8. I, I want you to settle. I want you to settle. I want you to settle. Enough of them moving around. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. So he, he gathers others besides those who are already gathered. He gathers others. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts. So before you were brought in, you were an outcast. You were an outcast. You had been, you had been bruised. You had been beaten. You were an outcast, an outlaw. Lawless individual walking around. Then the Lord God who gathers the outcast says, Yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. I will gather. I will gather. So he gathers. He gathers you. He gathers. Acts 2.47. He gathers. He gathers you. He gathers you. You don't just get up and, you know, eh, today I feel like, today I don't feel like, today I feel like, today I don't feel like. I'm angry. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord... And the Lord added to the church. And the Lord added to the church. Not the apostles added to the church. Not the evangelists added to the church. Not the pastors added to the church. Not the, the, the praise and worship team added to the church. Some actually, let me tell you, some praise and worship leaders think that it is their job that brings people to the church. They are jokers. Sometimes when, 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 when you want them to sing or you want them to do something, they are thinking that, hey, 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 uh, you know, they, they are not giving me respect. They are not giving my, my office respect because it is me. It is my singing that brings people to here. People like to come and worship. They like to come and dance. Who told you? Who told you? Who told you that? Have you seen that in the Bible? Where is it that uh, it is praise and worship people, that is praise and worship that gathers the people? Where? Where? Show me. It's praise and worship. So if the praise and worship leader is very powerful, many people will gather. Show me. Show me in the Bible. Show me in the Bible. Show me in the Bible. Everywhere I've seen people gathering. Everywhere I've seen God gathering. Everywhere I've seen God pulling quails. Everywhere I've seen God bringing the outcast. There was no singing or softwood. There was no singing. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. God was adding. It be God way they add. It be God way they add. It's not even our preaching. It's not our preaching. I, I don't even want you to feel that, okay, so if it's not a praise, it's in the past. It's not even our preaching. 
Because sometimes the preaching that we preach, we ourselves, we don't even understand it. It doesn't make sense to us. If it doesn't make sense to me, how can it make sense to you? The days that I have felt so weak after preaching, the days that I have felt that the message did not land, the days that I have seen the message, I said, this message, dear, nobody will understand. That's the day that when I live here, everybody's, pastor, today's word. I say, today's word. Stop, stop. I said, I said, stop making fun of me. They say, pastor, today's word is the best so far. That's what even offends me. It means that the ones that I felt were powerful, no, Hey. It's like the ones that I felt that you look, I have I my word, my child word. That's the one that they say is 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 32%. But the one that me I felt that this was asked for this one, oh, Pastor, is best so far. I tell you, God is actually trying to tell me that it no be you. You know, be your preaching. Oh. Stop being proud. Oh. It's not your prayer laying on of hands. Oh. It's not all those things. When I want to bring the people, I will bring the people. When I'm bringing the people, I'll bring the people. It's not your preaching. It's not your nice English. It's not your whatever that you are doing. It's not your gymnastics. Have you not seen people with huge churches they can't even preach? I've gone to a few churches when I, I, I ended the service and I was going, I was asking myself, did I go to church? What did they say? But the place is parked, the car park, you can't even move your car. I went to a church in South Africa. Look, you have to park your car around, Nesta, you remember that place? You have to park your car around maybe school junction or the whole place is full. The whole place is full. You park your car down there and walk. And the building takes 20,000, 25,000 people. Huge place. Yes. You park your car, you walk through the cars. You, I mean, when, when you finish church, you don't even know where your car is. Spend another 30, 45 minutes looking for your car. So you must make sure that when you are parking, you, you check something. And you don't even know what they preach. No, as far as, as, far as preaching is concerned, you don't see. You can't see the man, he just realized. I said short sleeve. And the big trousers be. Bola shirt be, no style. And he's just releasing the word and the anointing the flow. And the anointing the flow. Hey! Now, you read the Bible, not say, and the Lord added to the church daily. That's when I knew that. It's not by my God. Just lobby him to add to the church daily. So, number one, accept that God brought you to your pastor. You didn't carry yourself. Number two. After accepting that God brought you to your pastor. Number two. Accept your pastor as God's gift to you. Accept that man or woman of God as God's gift to you in particular. 
God's gift. Every pastor is God's gift to his congregation. Every pastor is the gift of God to his congregation. Every pastor. Every true pastor. Accept him as God's gift. Take him as your father. Take her as your mother. Not as your competitor or your rival or your boss. Or, or, or your business partner. Not even your friend. Your gift is your father. Your mother. Your, your gift. Accept this person as your gift. Ephesians 6, Ephesians 4, 8. You, we've gone through all that already. Accept him as a gift. When you are accepting a gift, there's a way. There's a way that you, you, you receive a gift. There's a way that you receive a gift. And there's a way that you receive something. If somebody wraps a package and is presenting to you, the way you receive it is different from when somebody puts half chocolate that he's eating and then he gives you one, one cube. It's different. Are you understanding me? That one, one, you don't receive it as a gift. One, when it is boxed, wrapped nicely, you receive it different. You receive with two hands. You receive with gratitude. You receive with appreciation. You receive humbly, respectfully, honorably. That's how you, that is how you show to the gift that I have accepted you as my gift. And I don't care whatever anybody else says. That is what it is. Forget about what, what your next door neighbor thinks. That eh, eh, if he was my gift, why has he not done this for me? You are joking. You are joking. You are joking. The reason why nothing is happening, the reason why the flow of grace is not happening is because your flow is different. The mystery of the flow is what I'm talking about. If you can find the mystery on how to flow with the gift, the grace will flow to you. But the reason why the grace is not flowing to you is because your flow to him is a bit problematic. Until we change the way we flow to the gift and towards the gift and with the gift and around the gift, grace will never, it will not be a case. Grace, grace flows when the gift is received in a certain way. Grace flows when we flow in a certain way towards the gift. Grace comes from the gift. Grace is triggered from the gift. Grace, grace flows when the flow is triggered with another flow. So if you are not going to trigger the flow so that grace will come, you walk around and think that, you know, eh, I've been in the church for a long time. I am not feeling anything. I'm not seeing anything. I don't even know whether anything is happening. Nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. I can tell you nothing is happening. I can tell you nothing is happening. Because in that same church, within that same period that you have been there, others too have triggered the flow of grace. And the thing is hitting them plenty. The thing is hitting them plenty. The thing is hitting them plenty. And you're asking yourself, how come, how come this one just came here? This thing's happening to them. This one came here. It is God that determines all. It's God that determines. There are a few things that we can do. 
and God will determine the rest. But the way you have positioned yourself, no. Grace party, a bad thing. Number three. Number three. I'm giving you seven today, and then I'll release you. And I'll go through very, very quickly. Number three. So number two, accept him as God's gift to you. Take him as your father. Take, him, take her as your mother. Not as your co-equal. Not as your um, um, competitor. Not as your rival. Not as your business. Even when your pastor, look, sorry I've come back to two. Even when your pastor is your business partner. When you are in the office, it's a different story. But when you enter into this space where he's operating like a pastor, please forget about the business. Forget about, if he's your boss, forget about the fact that he's your boss. He's operating under a certain grace, that a certain grace that turns him into a gift and not a boss. That grace turns him into a gift when he's operating under it. So that's why some people get confused. Eh, I can't work with my boss and, and my pastor at the same time because you are a babe. You are a babe. You cannot catch the difference. You can't tell the difference. You can't tell when the thing shifts. The thing sh because it shifts all the time. In my case, personally, it shifts all the time. There are times I'm operating like a businessman, a business boss, a, a, an employer, and then there are times that even in the same discussion, I've become a pastor and I'm operating under grace. And a few of my very wise people around me can tell. Can tell. This is a business discussion, but we'll leave it with you to deal with it on the other side and get back to us on what we have to do. He's a gift. So whichever church you attend, I'm talking because I'm talking on Facebook and everybody and all that. Whichever church you attend, accept your pastor as God's gift to you. Stop fighting your pastor. Stop insulting your pastor. Nobody insults a gift. No gossips about a gift that they have received and they like. Nobody, nobody fights against a gift that they have. If I give you a gift of a land, would you fight against the land? Would you not appreciate it? How come you fight the gift of God? How come you take, you have positioned yourself? As for me, I would, I am, I am the one. I am the one who ensures that the pastors will do the right thing. Since when? Even your assemblyman, you have not been able to ensure that he does the right thing. Even assemblyman is too high. Your own third born, who is seven and a half, you have not been able to ensure he does the right thing. You have come to the church with your two eyes, two ears, and a few teeth. You come and sit down and say that uh, I am the one. So, so when, when somebody is talking to you, that Charlie, this thing you must be very careful. No, 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 no. The pastors have ruled us for too long. We have to ensure that they do the right thing. Since when did you become the one who ensures? Ensure that the pastor does the right thing. Hey, they are human beings just like us. Allow me to speak my mind to him. 
Eh, let me ensure that he does the right thing. He's your gift. He's your gift. If only you move from the judgment seat and then you move to the gift seat, the grace will flow. But as long as you sit on the judgment seat judging your pastor, forget about the grace upon his life. It will never flow to you. And if, 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 if you have become your pastor's judge, then obviously you have grown higher, better, wiser, more intelligent, more anointed than your pastor. So you must go and look for somebody you can submit to because you must submit to them. Go and look for somebody that you can submit to. I know somebody that you are coming to tell. Pastor, the message you are preaching is it's not a message that you should be preaching in this church. Hey. You, you are not afraid. You just open your mouth and just be talking like that. Even your seven-year-old daughter, you can't tell her that enough of the TV. <laughs> Come and sit in the church. We are coming to. We have to ensure that they do the right thing. The person you even voted for, have you ensured that he does the right thing? Even your class prefect, have you ensured that he does the right thing? You voted for them. Even you yourself, have you ensured that you do the right thing? Did they not say we should wear masks wherever we are going? Did they not say we should wash our hands? Did you not say that when we when we we must use hand sanitizer? When was the last time you used hand sanitizer? Even you yourself, you cannot ensure that you do the right thing. We must ensure that they do the right thing. Your mouth like the right thing. Number three. <laughs> How can you look? Pastors must buy this message, pal. It will help. It will help. No, there's too many trouble around. Number three, operate with a mindset of permanence, not with a temporary mindset. I'm talking about the mystery of the flow. How you flow towards the gift. Flow around the gift with permanence in mind. Operate with a mindset of permanence, not with a temporary mindset. Around the gift. Flow. I've come here to stay. I, I am here to stay. I am here to stay. Not that I'm passing through. There's a difference between those who have come to stay with the mind that they have come to stay and those who are passing through. You can tell. You can tell. When you see somebody who is with you, going to be with you for a long time, you can tell. Psalm 2, you can tell that this one, fly by night, just passing by. A few of them can confuse you though. Because <laughs> some of them, you think that they will stay and then they do you sulia. <laughs> you open your arms, you open your, your pocket, you open everything for them and then they will do you between your legs here, shh, Sulia, they are gone. You turn around, pa. Charlie, you dribble me on. <laughs> Permanence mindset. Permanence. I'm here to stay. 
it is what it it is what helps your gift to release the grace it is what it is what allows your gift to release the grace when they know that this one i have him for a very long time so i can release whatever is in my heart to his hands or to her hands for him or her to flow but if we don't have that permanence mindset, it is very difficult. Also, for, it is very difficult for the gift to turn loose the grace that will flow to you because your flow is a temporal flow, not a permanent one. Gerald, do you understand me? You must have a permanent mindset. Jeremiah 29.5. Jeremiah 29.5. Give it to me quickly. Jeremiah 29.5. Permanent mindset. Permanent. 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 This was talking about some people that had been captured, kidnapped. They were captives in a strange land. And then verse 5, I'm reading to verse 7, says that build houses. You are in a strange land. You are a visitor. But God is talking to his places that build houses. It means that don't operate there like I am just passing through. Build build. And so I am looking for, I, I as the pastor of this church, I'm looking for church members who are building houses in the church. That shows I am permanent. I know people who have looked for accommodation close to the church. They have said that I don't want to be far from the church. I, I want to be close to the church. So I have moved closer. It is permanence. And there are people too who are actually now looking for a place to go far from the church. So that nobody can visit them. So that, oh, they are there, pa. They are there, pa. They are there, pa. Build houses and dwell in them. I'm looking for the people who are building houses in the church. Building houses in the church is like building a department. Building a ministry. Building a choir. Building the, building the ushering team. Build, it, build something. Build something in the choir. Build a house in the church. Build something. Help, help us to build God a temple. That is how you build a house in the church. Help us to build. We are building. Your money is what builds the house. If you put your money inside, you are building a house. When your money comes, we see permanence. When your energy comes, we see permanence. When your gift is on the line, we see permanence. But when we are we are raising money, you will never Every time you don't have money, every time you don't have money, every time you don't want to put anything, we are asking, we are asking people to even come and use their energy to help the building. Recently, 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 sit down, let me tell you this story. Recently, I, I called some people, young people in the church, who were working as laborers, carrying concrete, cement, and sand in another site that I manage. They were earning good money on that site. That work halted. These people are church members. Who, I'm talking about church members. That work halted. And then the church started building. So this book came. When I, in my days, when we were building the house of God, 
I didn't, it didn't cross my mind that they must give me money for building the house of God. No, I go Saturday morning, I carry concrete till evening, and I go home. I, whether you give me KK or not, it doesn't bother me. I came to do something for God, but not the people of today. The people of today, you beg, they won't come. You curse them, they won't come. Until you tell them that when you come, we will pay. That one, they will come with their faces like... A, but the Bible says that build, build houses, build houses, build houses. So I invited these boys who were then working somewhere and the job had ended and they were being paid. I was the same person who was, who was managing that site. Then the church is building. I said, you know what? I hardly see you giving offerings anyway. So what I think we should do is that if on the other side you were being paid 50 cities, over here because it is church and you are part of the church, let us pay you 40 CDs so that the 10 CDs we give it as an offering to the church. The people got offended the first day. They worked. They never appeared again. Never appeared again. Never appeared again. When you call them, oh, I'm not feeling well. Oh, I'm not in town. Oh, I'm not feeling well. Oh, I'm not feeling I'm not well. One day I was just driving and then I saw two of them working as laborers on another construction site. Sunday morning, I said, wow. So these people, whenever they are in trouble, they call me, then I move my car. Whenever they are in pain, whenever they are about to be arrested, they call me, I move. Whenever they need money, they call me, I move. Now the church needs help. They said what? Because of 10 cities, we won't come. They left the church till we finished whatever we're doing before they shamefully started coming around like this. But I had already noticed that these are not people that the grace must flow on. If you check those people here, Pastor Prosper, their life for a very long time is going through like that. Nobody has cursed them. It's just that there is something that you do to turn the tap of grace. There's something that you do that you cause the grace to flow. There's something that you do that, that, that somebody sitting there saying that, as for me, if you are not going to pay me, I won't sing. When was the last time you paid me to preach? Build houses and dwell in them. He's talking about permanence. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Meaning that do something that you will benefit from. Do something in the church that you are around to see it grow and then you benefit from it. Do something that you are in the church. It will grow. Continue verse 6. Take wives. Take wives. Worry. Marry in the place. I'm talking about permanence, mindset of permanence. Begat sons, it means that you are not only marrying and you are running away. You marry, you give birth to sons and daughters. Then it says that give your daughters to husbands. We are moved to a second generation. said, you are not coming to leave the church. It, is, it becomes your family church. My, my father, this is where my father attended. This is the church that my grandfather attended. This is the church that my great-grandfather attended. That is what the Bible is talking about. 
Give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. And not diminished. So, so it is adding, 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 adding permanence. Give me the next verse. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. Seek the peace of the, seek the, peace of the place. If you are a permanent-minded person, eh, you seek the peace of the place. It is a sign of permanence. You, you want peace in the place. But the temporal people, they come and stir up strife. They stir up anger. They stir up deceit. They stir up wickedness. They stir up evil and walk out quickly. So when they leave, you see a lot of confusion and mess. Wicked people. Wicked, temporal-minded people who only carry temporal blessings. I'm preaching for pastors and I'm preaching for churches. I'm not even talking about my church here. Oh, no. This is how many people are here. This is not the congregation I'm preaching about and I'm preaching to. I'm preaching to the world. It's a message God has given me in my heart and I'm preaching it and I'll preach it. I'll preach it. I'll preach it. I'll write a book with it. I will preach it. Seek the peace of this. How is it that you go to a church? God brings you to a church. You didn't carry yourself. Number one, accept that God brought you. Number two, accept that what is your gift. So if you have seen that he's your gift, you have seen that God brought you, why don't you walk permanently? Why don't you operate permanently? Why don't you have that in mind? Why is it that you have written your divorce papers already? One, two, my dream say. These days I've been thinking a lot. And somebody comes to me and says, These days I've been thinking a lot. Tell them, okay, you continue, eh? Continue. If you're in a relationship and your boyfriend comes and says, These days I've been thinking a lot, just know where it's going. Then ask them that. So before, before these days, what were you doing? You're not thinking, eh? <laughs> oh, operate with the mindset of permanence, 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 permanence. Jump to verse 28 for me. 28. For he has sent us, for he has sent to us in Babylon saying, this captivity is long. This, this captivity is long. This captivity that he has set you in is long. Build houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat their fruit. Build, dwell in them. When you build a house in an area, hardly will you leave from, move from the area. When I built my first house in this area, it's just not possible for me to go further, further from this area. I, it's just not possible. All my life will be around this. You try it and see. Where you build your first house, you can easily, easily become a, 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 an area guy for that zone. You move uh, five minutes away, ten minutes away. It's just difficult to move because you have planted yourself. Planted yourself. Planted yourself. So everything starts running around the same zone for you. That's why the Bible is saying that. Build. When you build, you stabilize. Number four. Number four. Don't compare him with other pastors. I'm talking about the mystery of the flow. 
If you can do this thing, the anointing will flow. If you can do this thing, the grace will flow. If you can do this thing, the oil on his head will flow towards you. If you can do this thing, the, the, the grace in his life will flow towards you. Don't compare him with other pastors. Appreciate what you have. Appreciate what you have. Your pastor doesn't speak good English, so what? Since when did English become the, the charge for people's mental capacity? Who told you? I have met people who don't speak English, but the sense that they can talk, people with English cannot speak half of that sense. His tenses are not good. Who, 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 who sets the tenses? When he speaks street, that, does he make mistakes? Did he tell that he's a British? What do you want him to do? Stop comparing. My pastor doesn't prophesy. And I prophesy. What happened to you? <laughs> Somebody, one day, one day, one prayer warrior that he had appointed in the church, he came to me. He said, Pastor. I said, Yes. He said, I've been thinking. <laughs> I said, uh -huh. Share your thoughts said, where I used to be. We used to go to the mountains a lot. Over here, we don't go to the mountains. <laughs> so I said that. What's the difference between mountaintop prayer and altar top prayer? I mean, what's the difference? The only difference is that one place, it be hard ground. The other place is like a data background. Then, the other thing is that one place you are secluded and separated. If that is the problem, you three weeks ago, you took a whole two weeks that you are going to wait upon them. Nobody had a problem with it. So why are you saying that we don't go to the mountains? Do we not go for camps? Do we not go for um, um, retreats? Do we not? What do you want? It's like the place that you go for retreats. You know? It's like a, a, a hotel. Or it's a, a nice place. You want a place where you hang on a tree. As you are praying, you are hanging on a tree. Say, what, what? What? What is this? What is that? No, the, the guy, he left the church actually. He, ah. So when you go to that place, you see snakes, you see things like that. But like I said, stop comparing. Stop comparing your, you see, the same, because the same is the same God, the same spirit that is flowing amongst all. Second Corinthians 10, 12. Let me go there and show you something quickly. I'm teaching you something tonight. 
I want, look, I want, I want you to catch this anointing. I want you to catch the spirit. I want you to catch it. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. I want you to catch it. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who command, commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves. So I'm not the one saying it. The Bible is saying it. That this comparison, comparison is, is, is not for wise people. But let me show you why you don't have to compare. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. I'm reading to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. There are diversities of gifts. There are diversities of gifts. There, there are different kinds of gifts. It means that we are not all the same and we cannot all be the same. There are different diversities of gifts. But the same spirit, with a big S, the same spirit, the same Holy Spirit, the same God, the same anointing. Continue. Continue, please. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. That's why we don't have to be comparing. Because the same, you, we are all working for the same master. It's the same master that is empowering. The same master is the one who has sent. He says that you, I want you to speak. You, I want you to teach. You, I want you to prophesy. You, I want you to teach. You, I want you to evangelize. You, I want you to be an apostle who is breaking grounds. You, I want you to do this. You, I want you to do that. But it's the same master. There are differences of ministries. Stop fighting amongst, and I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor, that is why you are struggling to connect well to get that thing. Look, my prayer for you is that if this is not the place that you must stay, if your church where you are is not the place you must be, leave. Leave so that, so that you yourself will be blessed. Not the pastor, you. It is more beneficial to you to be under a gift that you can receive from, you can honor, respect, and embrace than for you to be under a gift that you're not even sure. I'm not so sure. I don't know. It is torment and painful to be under a gift that you are afraid of you don't trust, you are not so sure or certain about the person, you run for your life. Go and look for somebody you can trust. When the person speaks, you don't get offended. Oh, I have stories, old, but if I tell you, I won't tell you. The things that they have said to me, you do all the good, but when they get angry, it is only one bad thing that you said, which was to correct them. That's the one that they hang on. It, 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 is, it, is, it is a sign of not trusting the gift that God has given you. Go to a place where you can trust the gift. Don't compare him. Don't compare him. Continue. And there are diversities of activities. But it is the same God who works all in all. 
So the same God working in a prophet. The same God is working in an evangelist. The same God is working in the pastor. The same God. The same. The same God. So if you start comparing, you are comparing God to who? You are comparing the Holy Spirit to who? Because the same Holy Spirit operating in him. Who is operating in him? Who is operating in him? So you say, well, this one is not powerful. You are saying this Holy Spirit is not powerful, but this Holy Spirit is powerful. Or this Holy Spirit is more powerful than this Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit speaks nicer than this Holy Spirit. This God is more powerful than this God. But it's the same God and there are diversity of activities. Same God who works all in all. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So it is given for the profit of all. So if you only can connect, you will profit from the evangelist. If you can connect, you will profit from the apostle. If you can connect, you will profit from the pastor. Because the spirit or the gift, the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So stop this this one they preach past this one this one they do this past this one this one is a teacher but I want a prophet I, no 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 it's the same spirit it's the same spirit it's the same spirit hallelujah oh. number five cover his nakedness cover his nakedness I'm talking about the mystery of the flow how to flow to receive the flow of grace. How to flow with the gift so that the grace will be released to flow on your life. How to flow with it. I'm talking about how to flow. It's a mystery. You may not even understand why, why should I be nice to him? Or why should I be nice to her? Or why should I respect him? Or why should I honor him? How does it, how, how does honor translate to grace? I don't know. It's a mystery. That's why I'm talking about the mystery of the flow. Because how you flow determines what flows to you. How you flow determines what flows to you. The way you flow, the way you flow towards him determines how he even remembers to pray for you. Does he remember your name or he says, Father, I pray for all of them. Meanwhile, your problem is very, very, very peculiar. And so you need him to mention your name. That deal with this issue about this person. Deal with this. And look, when God brings you to a shepherd, he listens to what the shepherd says about you. And he gives the shepherd grace for you. One of these days, I'll preach the message again, the innkeeper. When I preach the innkeeper, you would understand what I'm saying. Because when the good Samaritan carried the man that had been bruised and beaten and took him to the innkeeper, the Bible says that he gave him money and said that take this money and take care of this one till I come. If you spend more, I would pay. What that innkeeper is or who that innkeeper is, 
is your shepherd and your pastor. That good Samaritan is God himself. God saw you outside on the roadside where thieves and armed robbers had beaten you and you were almost dead. And God said, I will carry you from this roadside and come and bring you into the inn, which is the church, and give you to the innkeeper, who is the pastor. And then I'll give him money, which is the grace. I'll give him a gift. I'll give him money. I'll give him anointing. I'll give him oil. And I'll give everything to him for you. So if you don't connect to the innkeeper, you are robbing yourself. If you don't connect to the innkeeper, you are robbing yourself. If you don't go to the innkeeper and say that, Pastor, I'm, I am suffering from my leg, the grace that has been given to him, he will spend it on himself. But the innkeeper was given money that used it to take care of this one. If you spend more, I will replace. If you don't spend more, it is yours. So it is your own interest to connect to this innkeeper so that the flow of the grace that was given him by the good Samaritan would be used to service your wounds and to service your lack and to service your problem. So if you lack something, you speak. If you are going through an issue, you speak. If your back is paining you, you speak. If you are needing trouble, you need a, a, a prayer, you speak. You need counseling, you speak. You speak. You deal with your innkeeper. You deal with your shepherd. Connect to the gift because he has been given something that is yours. He carries your blessing. He carries your grace. He carries your money. He carries your open doors. He carries your anointing. He carries it. He carries it. He carries it. Don't allow him to just carry it and walk around and not give it to you. Connect to it and take what is yours. I knew, I knew from long that my gift carries my blessing. So whatever it takes for me to connect, I connect. I connect by giving money. I connect by making calls. I connect by visiting. I connect by remembering his birthdays. I connect by any means possible. Because I know that God gave him something that is for me. He's just a caretaker of the grace. He's just a caretaker of the anointing. He's just a caretaker. He's a steward. And it is required of every steward that a man be found faithful. And that my steward is faithful. But am I faithful enough to connect, to collect what my steward carries? Cover his nakedness, number five. I'm finishing on this one. Cover his nakedness. Don't expose privileged information that he shares with you. Cover his nakedness. Don't expose privileged discussions that he has with you. The reason why he told you was because you were close to him. The reason why he told you was because he thought that you were a permanent person. The reason why he told you was because he wanted to use it to help you. It's not the time that now that you have left his presence, you call your friends, hey, not knowing our man is suffering like this, may the Lord punish you. Hmm. Cover his nakedness. Don't look for nakedness. Don't look. Cover it. Cover it. Cover it. Cover it. And don't expose this privileged information that he shares with you. 
shield him. In fact, don't even allow yourself or somebody to tell you something that will poison your heart. Hey, have you heard? I don't want to hear. What do you think about it? I don't think about it. Hey, these days you have become baby papa. So you have not heard what they are saying. I don't care. I doesn't care if you like. That's I care. I doesn't care. <laughs> don't write it in an exam. <laughs> I like, I, I use that for my children when we are in the house and they are trying to say, I, I, I doesn't care. That's I care. I doesn't care. But it's not for exam. It's just for joking. You, when, they, when they bring it, that's I care. I doesn't care. If I, the English will shock them, they will even continue talking. <laughs> the English will shock them, they will stop talking. This also means you don't gossip about him. It means you don't gossip about him. It means you don't also spread accusations about him. Or you don't receive gossip about him. Organizing meetings about your pastors. You have become gossips. The way he talks in some way, pa. The way, you know, the way, you know, he's too hard. He has something up a bit. You know, the way he even, you know, sometimes when he even rebukes you, even when you have something to tell him, you are afraid. You are afraid because you have evil intentions. Because I have people, I have young children who come to me and talk to me about any nonsense and we flow. Oh. Any kind of nonsense at all, people talk to me about it. It's a shock. Sometimes, sometimes I wonder that, uh, why are they telling me this one? Is it important to me? But we flow. But the people with evil minds, they are in their meetings and they are the way he even makes his face, eh? we don't even know how we can even approach him with some of these things that we are going through. Uh, 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 let, us, let us pray for him. Eh? We need God to touch his stony heart so that it will be melted because Nakumaye did too much. We must soften his heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring the man of God before you. We put him on this altar, Lord. Lift up your sword, Lord. Remove his heart and put in a heart of uh, flesh. The devil has touched his heart and it's become stony. How do you get the grace upon this stony heart to operate upon your life? Don't become a gossip coordinator. You coordinate all the gossips. I mean, if anybody needs concern about anybody, you are the one they will call. Charlie, this girl, these days, I don't see her more. What do you think? What's going on? <laughs> this one, this particular one, SSL Witnessy, ASMP. They will start by, we are sure, say, oh, time. Are you sure you have time? Because this one is a very long one. I don't even know where to start from. Wicked witch from the West. Cover his nakedness. Genesis 9.22. Maybe that's the last one I'll give you. Genesis 9.22. And Ham 
the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. The brothers were not even inside. And that's what some of us do. The brothers who are outside, they are the ones we carry nakedness to. Those outside, Pastor Prosper, Pastor Ebi, those outside, no, not even those inside, no. They are outside and they want to hear what is going on. What are they saying? What are they preaching? What are they preaching? What are they preaching? I am drawing. 23. That was a foolish son. That was a foolish son. Now, when this foolish son or foolish daughter, anybody who does that is a foolish son or a foolish daughter, but Shem and Japheth, two wise sons. Two wise sons who understand the mystery of the flow. Who understand that when my father is naked, I don't look at my father's nakedness. Actually, some other translations are saying that. Because when you read on, you let me... But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. Go to verse 24. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Okay, so from this, some people say that it wasn't just seeing the father's nakedness. But he took advantage of his father. He sodomized his father. That's why he's saying that when he woke up, he knew. He knew that somebody had done something to him. Foolish son. Take advantage of your, of your father's weakness. Take advantage of your gift's weakness. The person who brought you into this life gave you a name, gave you an identity. You, you, the person who saved your life from dying in the flood, who brought you into the ark and preserved you is the one that was naked and then you couldn't shut your mouth. After all that he did to keep you alive, is that how you pay him? Is that how you pay him back? After all he did, when you were losing your mind, that he sat you down and counseled you? Is that how you go back and then you insult him? After all he did, when your husband was trying to kill you, and then he kept you? After all he did, when you couldn't feed yourself, and then he organized all he had, from his house and came to your house at 12 midnight because your child was dying and crying for hunger. Carried oil and rice and brought it to your house. Is that how you can pay him back? After how he preserved your life, is that how you pay him back? What? So Noah woke up and then activated the opposite of the grace. The opposite of the blessing. So, the mystery of the flow is how you flow determines how the grace flows. How you relate determines how the grace relates. 
next week if God permits and we are still on, on earth, we have not gone to heaven yet, we shall continue. Please stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to Pastor Emmanuel Methel. We hope you were blessed by the message. Worship with us at the Rohi Church in Community 22, Tema. Every Sunday from 7.30 to 9.30 for the tree service and 10.30 to 12.30 for the English service. We have Bible studies from 9.45 to 10.30 a.m. Tuesday empowerment service is from 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. Download the Rohi Church app on Google Play and App Store for more life-transforming messages. Follow Pastor Emmanuel Methel and the Rohi Church on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Call us on 0204-336-002 for counseling and inquiry. Rohi Church, loving God, making disciples, and evading globally. God bless you. This message is brought to you by Hot Jobs Africa Limited, Ghana's number one HR firm. Looking for quality staff? Looking for a job? Contact us on 0204-336-009. Think HR, think Hot Jobs Africa.